calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. The European Commission wants companies to disclose more information on social and environmental issues. What information will be offered and who will benefit from it? These are some of the questions we'll discuss in this video interview. I'm Osman Hayat from CFN Institute, and I'm joined by Dr. Steve Waygood, who's a specialist in sustainable and responsible investing, and he's the Chief Responsible Investment Officer at Aviva Investors. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. So tell us a little about the European Commission's latest move about this enhanced disclosure for companies on social and environmental issues. Um, the European Commission made their proposal in April this year. The, the proposal itself is really quite thin in the sense that the document isn't very long. Um, but what's required is potentially an enormous amount more information from companies on not just the environmental and social and governance issues, the ESG area, which is an abbreviation that's often used in my space. But they refer to a lot of international standards and guidelines that have been built over the last few decades. Um, and they're encouraging companies, boards, to think about which of those standards, guidelines, norms, whatever, are relevant to the firm, which ones are potentially material to shareholder value creation, and then to disclose their thinking and their management practices around those issues. Um, in technical terms, it's following up from the Single Market Act, uh, which they published in 2011. Uh, Commissioner Barnier has been the champion within the European Commission for it. Um, and it's still only a proposal. It's something that still has to go through the Parliament and trilogue before it's ultimately approved. Uh, and honestly, if it isn't approved by May next year, uh, we'll see it go into a wholly new Parliament cycle um, and it will move the debate far further back um, than where it is today. Uh, interesting. So tell us what sort of a disclosure is actually expected, which is not being made right now, but will have to be made once the uh, directive takes force? Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that they refer to, for example, is the Carbon Disclosure Standards Board, CDSB. Um, and that, by as, as you would expect, that talks about greenhouse gas emissions data. Uh, they also point to something called the United Nations Global Compact. Uh, the Global Compact is a much higher, much broader set of guidelines um, that can cover health and safety, it can cover human rights. Um, it can also cover, one way of reading it, um, relations with customers and governments. And uh, honestly, one of the things that we lack when we're investing is a detailed view on how companies are performing, uh, not in financial terms, but in non-financial terms, their relationships with their customers, are they retaining customers? What are customer complaints looking like? Um, from a health and safety perspective, again, you can't measure those figures in financial terms, but what's happening to fatalities or lost time injury frequency rates? Or in government relations terms, what's happening with their compliance record? And routinely, those three areas are not disclosed in the main report and accounts and are often quite hard to come by. 
whilst these things are called non-financial, um, I believe, and Aviva Investors is very clear, that they are absolutely relevant to valuation work. And the fact that we can't get this information leads to shorter term investment decisions. Interesting. So investors will clearly benefit from this information because it's relevant for valuation, as you just explained. Mm. But what sort of companies will actually have to provide this information? Well, in terms of the number, uh, some 18,000 companies will be in scope of this European Commission proposal. Um, and in fact, they go to companies that are really quite small from an investment perspective. Uh, they talk about any company with more than 500 employees. Uh, with a turnover or a market um, valuation to the extent that they're listed, uh, the turnover figures need to be more than 40 million. Uh, the balance sheet needs to be more than 20 million. These are euro figures. Um, so whilst the commission themselves are trying to look at all the companies fairly, the companies that have to consider this really do become, from an investment perspective, quite small. Our focus, my focus, um, has been on trying to encourage those companies that are worth more than €2 billion Euros in market cap terms to publish this information. Uh, so mid-cap and above is, is really what I'm aiming at. The European Commission have definitely got all of those in scope and a lot more besides. Interesting. So you mentioned, you know, uh, it's large companies that interest you the most regarding this disclosure. So one of the arguments people may make is that if such disclosure was such a good idea for investors and the markets, why didn't market forces themselves lead to it? Why did the commission have to step in? This is a profoundly interesting question. Um, the, the European Commission themselves in their recent proposal talk about there being both a regulatory failure and a market failure. And I believe they're absolutely right, that both regulators have failed to, to encourage this information to be disclosed despite a lot of attempts over the last few decades to get companies to do more on a voluntary basis. Um, and I believe the market has also failed to encourage companies to disclose this. And honestly, I think it's because uh, of a whole range of reasons why the market itself is very short term in the way that money can be invested. There's a whole section of the market that doesn't even need to know what the company does when it invests. Uh, if you're an index tracker or if you're an arbit trader or if, if you um, some quant styles, they don't even need to know what the company does. And those are becoming more and more popular as investment strategies. And uh, many of the benchmarks that are set by many investment consultants tend to be too short term themselves. So these issues of, say, employee relations or government relations or customer relations can be medium to long term issues. And because they don't affect the share price today, tomorrow, or perhaps even next month, investors can and do overlook them. Interestingly, it's also because the information isn't disclosed to the market that investors don't need to worry about it. So it's almost a self-fulfilling circle. It's not disclosed, so it's not analysed, so it's not requested, so it's not disclosed. Do you see what I mean? Interesting. And the short-termism actually makes it, uh, makes it worse. But mm. is there a risk that if this information is disclosed, it will just become a tick-box exercise for the mm. companies and will not lead to actually the benefits which are, which are intended? Definitely. And this has happened, actually, historically, in, in some areas where company law has been changed within a few uh, jurisdictions. One of the things that I fear is that the Commission proposal, as it's currently worded, will be overseen by regulators. It talks about the need, whilst it's a mandatory directive and it will be enforced at the national level through regulation, it is a comply-or-explain approach. So companies will be expected to comply with what's there or explain why they aren't. 
My fear is that the regulators will try to oversee the explanation or the compliance, and, and I would far rather that the market itself, the owners of companies, were the people that were doing that oversight. Our proposal to the European Commission, I was on the expert group that, that helped those writing it at the Commission um, do so, um, and our proposal to them there was that there was a vote at the AGM of listed companies where we could vote in favour, abstain, vote against explanations that were not good enough or compliance itself that was not good enough. Um, but that's missing. So yes, there definitely is a risk that the current proposal could become boilerplate. I see. And does this directive and is this EST disclosure, does this relate to integrated reporting as well? Yes, it does. Uh, integrated reporting is touched on in the, um, the preamble to the current suggested articles within the European Commission's proposal. Um, for the um, audience that, that don't know what integrated reporting is, just to set it out briefly, integrated reporting is taking the issues that we've just been discussing and integrating it through the reporting accounts in, for example, the chairman's statement, the chief executive statement, key performance indicators, remuneration, and audit and, and internal risk through the whole reporting accounts. Um, now, the actual proposal from the Commission doesn't talk in the articles about integrated reporting because they don't believe that the definition of it is sufficiently clear. Um, and I do understand that point. Um, I don't agree with it. I do understand it. What I'm very pleased by, though, is the Commission's um, insistence that it will be in synchronised, the disclosure will be synchronised in an annex to the reporting accounts which means that the information will come out at the same time as the main numbers. Um, all too often, we have to wait months, sometimes over a year, for the information from companies, and that's next to useless. We, how can we integrate this information into investment views if the companies haven't integrated their disclosure and at least synchronised them at the same time? Interesting. So this concludes our video interview on European Commission's efforts to enhance the ESG disclosures by European companies. Thank you, Steve, for your time. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you for watching. Copyright 2013 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.